What does your empathy do for you? Does it compel you to be a positive force, to act? Or to feel a sense of accomplishment for having felt anything at all? From Winterheart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the More Human Podcast. We have just under four months left four months left in 2020. And I don't say that as a goodness, thank you, we can finally get to 2021. Because as you might know, the world doesn't just magically change when the calendar year changes. I say we have four months left in 2020 as maybe a more encouraging note. For me, I have four months left to accomplish everything that I wanted to accomplish from this year, whether it's personal goals, whether it's goals for the podcast, whether it's goals for my new sketch comedy YouTube channel. (laughs) And I'm sure you have goals as well that you want to accomplish for this year, maybe goals that you set during the pandemic, goals that you set during all the protesting and heightened sensitivity to racial injustice in America and across the world, really. Whatever it may be, I just want to take this moment to encourage you that you have all the power within you that you need to accomplish these goals. Even if you don't happen to reach the goal by calendar year 2021, you're still on your way. You're still on your on your journey. You're still on the path to accomplish or reach whatever it is, achieve whatever it might be. So I just wanted to note that. This week's More Human Podcast Listener of the Week is Victor Agbafe. Victor was one of my friends. Uh, well, still is my friend, but... Um, We met in college, and he's been a really cool influence in my life, and all the cool things that he's doing now, post-college, and things that he did in college, and even pre-college, serve as one of my many inspirations for the kind of things that I want to achieve and the kind of change that I want to enact. And so this is what Victor says in his review over on Apple Podcasts. This is an amazing podcast. Elgin does a great job on taking us through a journey in each episode. I feel like I'm on a walk with my best friend having that necessary catch-up conversation every time I listen to an episode. Elgin awes me with how well he is able to take on such complex topics in such a nuanced and inclusive manner. This is by far the best podcast I listen to, and I recommend that you check it out. I take that to heart. Thanks so much, Victor. Wow, that means a lot. (laughs) I really, really appreciate it. And I know personally that after the first 10 episodes, what feels like maybe a half a season, half a season's worth of episodes. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do for the numbering, but um, I feel like we've made some real progress. Uh, anyone who's listened all the way through to now episode 11, I think that together we've definitely learned a lot about humanity, about emotions, about mental health, about perspective, about lifestyle, about relationships and how we view the world, how we view each other, and about empathy. Empathy is one of the biggest things that I want to continue to drive home in this podcast, but it's my hope that I can continue to inspire you and talk with you each week about things that are near and dear to my heart and that can help you in building a meaningful and content and satisfied and peaceful life that you want as I do the same in my own life. So again, thank you, Victor, for the review. For anyone who would like to be featured in a future episode as a More Human Podcast listener of the week, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. As I've mentioned before, it does a lot to help new people find the podcast and to take that first leap of determining, hey, maybe this is worth listening. This is what people are saying about it. Social proof is powerful. 
So anyway, that's it for the intro. Let's dive right into today's topic. So in episode 8, I talked a lot about how empathy is a means to an end. To simply have empathy is not the same as speaking and acting with empathy. Love is a thing, yes, but it's also an action. In what world does living one's best life not include helping others to live theirs? What does it mean to have conviction for a cause, passion for your fellow humans? And what does your silence in the face of injustice cost you? More importantly, what does your silence in the face of injustice cost the world? Let's go a ways back in the archive, back to episode 3, The Pursuit of Happiness. In case you missed that episode or don't quite remember it, it's pretty short, and you'll want to understand that idea to be able to fully grasp what I'm going to talk about next. So in that episode, we walk together through the logic and inner workings of what it really means to pursue happiness. I talked a little bit about fulfillment as being a better and more logical alternative to pursue than happiness, and I want to expand on that idea here. In this life, many of us pursue what we call quote-unquote happiness, but the happiness we call ourselves pursuing, from my perspective, is actually not the right word for it, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Before we get there, I want to pose a question. For those of us who call ourselves pursuing happiness, what is the cost of the happiness you're pursuing? What is the cost of the happiness you're pursuing? Is it the harmful stereotypes that continue to be perpetuated about a certain group of people because your family is better off when we don't correct grandpa? Is it the emotional invalidation and suppression of a child when you tell them to suck it up and be strong because you personally can't deal with people expressing emotions other than joy? Is the cost of pursuing your happiness the shattered self-esteem of a coworker when they're publicly ridiculed for making a mistake because you think that company politics is messy and you have a good shot at getting that promotion if you keep your hands clean? There's a pattern to these questions, of course. Pivoting back to the idea of happiness itself for a moment, this happiness many of us pursue is not actually a single thing, and what we're pursuing is certainly not an emotion. Taking myself as an example, I used to say that I wanted happiness. Knowing what I know now from my study of mental and emotional health, what I want is the same. But happiness is just the wrong name for it. It's the wrong word. What I want is a sense of belonging. I want to fit in somewhere. I want safety. I don't want to have to worry about being in danger all the time. I want to be at peace. I don't enjoy conflict or confrontation. I want to be content with my situation in life. I want to feel satisfied with my choices and the results of those choices. I want to enjoy good company and to roast my friends and family for their ashy knees. I want to love and to be loved. I want to be respected. I want to be appreciated. I want to feel like I'm treated fairly and equally in this world. I want to feel fulfilled and to live fully in my purpose. So these are some of the things that I take people to mean when they say that they want to quote-unquote be happy. Happiness, the emotion, is a physical experience that lasts on average 90 seconds in the body. 90 seconds. Nine zero seconds. According to Harvard brain scientist Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. As humans, I imagine what we're looking for is something much more long-lasting, not a temporary experience, but rather a state of being. Now, Let's assume that most of the wants that I've listed are similar to yours, give or take a few. 
And now I ask you this. Can you enjoy fitting in somewhere, knowing that others who aren't like you are simultaneously being excluded and discriminated against? Can you enjoy your own safety while knowing that others around you do not get to enjoy the same sense of security? Can you be at peace while knowing that people in your community have never been able to live peacefully? Can you be satisfied with your current situation while knowing that people around you are struggling in theirs? Can you enjoy good company while knowing that some people around you have no one? Can you enjoy being respected while watching others around you being disrespected and discriminated against? Can you enjoy love from others without reciprocating that love? Can you enjoy feeling like you're being treated fairly and equally while knowing that others who aren't like you are not being treated fairly and equally? That's a lot of heat, a lot of pressure, and a lot of questions to answer. The point I want to make here is that as humans, as inherently social creatures capable of extreme altruism and also extreme evil, what is the cost of our silence? Are you moved to action and not just to tears by the pain and hardship being experienced by others? This actually reminds me of a woman I met a few months ago who read one of the poems I wrote after George Floyd was killed. She said she was moved to tears by my writing. She cried after reading it. Don't get me wrong, I really appreciated that sentiment, but it took every fiber of my being not to just come out and ask her, what are you going to do about that? Are you content in being a bystander to the pain and suffering of another person, or even in simply sympathizing or empathizing with them? Are you content in crying alongside someone? What does your empathy do for you? Does it compel you to be a positive force, to act? or to feel a sense of accomplishment for having felt anything at all. Here's the thing. I like to think of empathy like a hammer. You can have the most efficient, top-of-the-line, all-around best hammer in the world, but a hammer won't build a house by itself. And there are multiple levels to this metaphor, right? As I noted in a previous episode, maybe it was episode 8, empathy, like a hammer, can be used to build things, to construct It can also be used to destroy things, much as a hammer can be used to do. This is where I talked about people using empathy, which is at its core an understanding of how someone else is feeling. Using that understanding to manipulate someone, to get them to do something that maybe isn't in their best interest or doesn't serve them. And one example that came to mind was politicians, marketers, company owners, whoever. You have the hammer, but it's up to you to build the house. My silence comes at a cost to someone somewhere. Your silence comes at a cost to someone somewhere. My heart breaks for the heartbroken, for the marginalized, the forgotten, the downtrodden, the outcasts, the hurting, the poor, the ill, the disadvantaged. I'm moved every day by the pain of others. And what do I do about that? I write, I volunteer, I donate, I research, I create, I mentor, I listen. And now I'm finally fully living in my purpose and making this podcast, knowing that someone somewhere will benefit from the emotional labor that I put into each episode. I don't know who you are listening, but this one's for you. My silence has a cost. And as humans, my best life is inextricably linked to yours. If I don't act on something that brings you pain, I contribute to your pain. If I don't put emotional labor 
into helping resolve the world's pain, even in some small way. There's a cost to be paid by someone somewhere for my silence, for my lack of action. Now, obviously, we all have a limited amount of time each day, and there are so many things that need to be fixed in this world. We can't each do everything, but the beauty of it is, you don't have to. I believe that your purpose on this earth is bigger than the pursuit of a 90-second emotion, bigger than you, bigger than me. Every day you have a choice to make. Will you stand by and watch? Or will you be the change the world needs? Thanks so much for listening. That's all I have for you today in episode 11. From Winter Heart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. See you next time.